Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Welcome back to another edition of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, where we help entrepreneurs hire employee number one and beyond, we help you implement proactive HR systems, and we show you how to build high-performance teams that are going to help you scale and grow your business. So what are we talking about today? Well, today we are going to talk about the five considerations that should be on the top of every employer's mind going into the hiring process in 2023. Now, the general framework for this conversation revolves around California law. Every year, come January 1st, the new labor laws that were signed into law during 2022 go into effect. So as we wrap up the year and we start looking at the new year, we have to look at how the new labor and employment laws are going to impact employers. So we're going to talk about the top five considerations that you need to have if you already are an employer or if you're going to become an employer in 2023. I will also give you some context because some of these laws that go into effect in California, some of them are just good business that you can apply to your business regardless of what state you're in. So let's get into it. So the first consideration that you need to have as you go into 2023 is starting on January 1st of 2023, employers with 15 or more employees will be required to include the pay scale for the position for any job posting. So this is an amendment to our current California Labor Code 1162. So if you have 15 or more employees, you will need to provide a pay scale on your job posting. Now, best practice for me, I have always recommended long before this became law, that when you go out to recruit and when you put your job posting up, that you have the pay scale available. Why? Because it will save you time and it will save the candidate's time as well, right? That candidate is going to look at that pay scale and go, yep, this job fits what I believe it should pay and what I feel I'm worth. I'm going to apply or no, it does not. I'm going to pass. A pay scale is a range, right? It's 40,000 to 45,000 or 40,000 to 50,000. So for job postings, Best practices, I recommend drilling down and putting down a fixed salary. Because at the end of the day, if you put a range, say 40 to 50,000, what do you think that candidate's going to expect? They're going to expect a $50,000 offer. And if you, as the employer, are not able to articulate why maybe the skill set isn't quite there where it justifies 50,000, but you're offering 45, you may have a disgruntled new hire on your hands already. So, from a best practice perspective, I recommend you just put down a pay amount, not a pay scale, which is allowable under the California law as well. Now, what this also means is that internally with all of your job descriptions, you will need to have pay scales for the positions. Now, internally, I like to have pay scales established, right? You establish a pay scale. So say you have a HR generalist working for your company, working with a client right now, and we are hiring them an HR generalist. So we have put together a scale of $65,000 a year 
up to, I think it was 77 or 79,000 a year. So that is the range for that position. So if that particular HR generalist starts and is at the lower end of that job scale, over time, there is an opportunity for him to earn merit-based raises until he gets to the top of that scale. So that is the strategy behind creating pay scales. So whether you're in California or whether you are in another state, it's a good practice to have a compensation range mapped out for all of your jobs. Okay, the second consideration that you need to have going into 2023 is, will the applicant commit that unforgivable sin and how can an employer find out? Now here, I'm going to quote Gary Vaynerchuk. In case you haven't heard of him, he owns Vaynerchuk Media. He is all over social media, very, very popular out there, and a lot of people follow him. Quoting Gary Vaynerchuk, he explains that being able to put in long hours is not a skill that he looks for in employees, and neither do I, by the way. The unforgivable sin for Vaynerchuk and for me as well is if employees cannot get along with their coworkers, if they're disrespectful, selfish, or if they create conflict or workplace drama. So how can you, as you get ready to hire, find out if an applicant is not a team player? Seeing how that applicant treats the receptionist upon arriving for the interview, see how they treat the waiter at the restaurant when you take them out for a lunch meeting, right? There are a lot of ways you can start to determine whether or not this person has the soft skills that are necessary to get along and not have that unforgivable sin. Calling references provided by the applicant can also lead to good information. Keep in mind, though, that people are going to give you references that they feel are going to give them a good review, so take that with a grain of salt. But you can also ask around with colleagues in your network, and you'll be surprised, right? At the end of the day, the world gets smaller and smaller. Asking around with colleagues and people within your network, somebody may know that particular employee and be able to give you some insight as well. Number three, does the employer follow up with references provided by the applicant? So you as the employer, are you going to follow up with the references provided? Really, at the end of the day, it's a good practice to follow up with the applicant's references when they are provided. You know, a Google search of the applicant can provide some great unfiltered information as well. Now, there could be potential legal issues with conducting in a basic internet search on the applicant's background. Generally speaking, employers are free to Google an applicant, but that's about as far as it can go, right? If you start going on social media and looking in detail on social media, or if you run an unauthorized background check, that's where things can get very, very gray and, and you may be crossing a line there. The fourth thing that you, uh, as an employer going into 2023, need to be thinking about is, does the employer understand obligations when conducting non-criminal background checks? So when conducting a formal background check, i.e. not a Google search, but paying for a background check on applicants and employees, you as the employer need to take time to review the applicable state and federal laws that apply to background checks. Okay, LinkedIn was sued previously for violating the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act for certain background reports that it generated from users of the site. Now, in addition, under California law, the Investigative Consumer Reporting Agencies Act and the Consumer Credit Reporting Agencies Act could apply to background checks in the employment context. These laws do get very complex in California and outside of California. So please make sure that you are working with a reputable background check company that your HR pro or your labor and employment attorney has guided you on what you can and cannot do and make sure that you understand how to properly implement a background check before you do it. And keep in mind, you as the employer have every right to do the background check, but there are necessary steps you have to take in order to make sure that you do that within the framework of the law, including getting signed approval from the background candidate, him or herself. 
And number five is going to be, does the employer understand state and local criminal history background check prohibitions? So since January 1st of 2018, California employers cannot ask an applicant for employment background and to disclose information about criminal convictions. We call this banning the box. It first happened on a federal level. I think New York was next to implement that. California quickly adopted it thereafter. So we call it ban the box, right? That box that was on a applicant's application where you would check it that said, you know, have you ever been convicted of a crime? And you checked yes or no. And if you checked yes, then you had to fill out more information. That is now gone as of January 1st, 2018. We cannot ask during the hiring process about criminal background. So how does this work? Well, once an offer of employment has been made, employers can conduct criminal history background checks, but only when the conviction history has a direct and adverse relationship with the specific duties of the job and requires certain disclosures to the applicant if employment is denied based on that background check. So what does that mean? How do we break that down? Well, let me give you an example of how this works. So you are hiring for an accounts payable and accounts receivable clerk. So this is somebody who is going to handle your money and they are going to have access to paying bills and having money come in, et cetera, et cetera. So they apply for the job. You get approval to run a background check. You run a background check and you find out that they have done prison time for embezzlement from their previous employer. Well, that would qualify as your direct and adverse effects that are going to impact the specific duties of the job. You cannot take a person with a criminal background, convicted criminal background by a court of law for embezzlement of company funds from a previous employer and put them into a role within your organization where now they are going to have access to your company funds. So if that happens, your right as an employer at that point is to rescind the job offer. Now, an important detail is that when you make the job offer, you do have to make it contingent upon successfully completing the criminal background check. In other words, in your job offer, you put it in writing that you are presenting them the job offer. However, the job offer is contingent upon them successfully passing the background check. That language there gives you the ability to rescind the job offer once that criminal background check comes back. And when that criminal background check does come back with those negative marks on it, you are then obligated as the employer to formally and in writing rescind the job offer. You must provide them with the background check documentation as well. So you have to provide that as part of the process of unwinding that job offer. So that is the high level process for how you will handle criminal background checks and if you have to rescind an offer. Okay, so this is a short podcast for today. We'll be done in less than 15 minutes. So again, we covered the five considerations that need to be on the top of every employer or soon-to-be employer's mind in California and, quite frankly, in all the states for some of this, right? So the first one is, if you are posting a job, are you clear on the pay transparency disclosures that are required, and are you creating pay scales for every job in your organization? The second one is, how will you work to find out if the applicant has committed that unforgivable sin based on Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, definition? Third is, are you following up with the references provided by the applicant? And if so, how are you doing it? Fourth, do you understand your obligations when conducting non-criminal background checks? Fifth, and last but not least, is do you, as the employer, understand your state and local requirements when you are going to conduct a criminal background check on your candidates and applicants? 
So those are the five things that you as the employer or soon-to-be employer need to be thinking about as you start hiring in 2023. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Definitely always looking to make sure that we give you some value and some information that you can take today and start using tomorrow in your business. Please feel free to leave us a review and some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and whether or not it's actually helping you. And of course, if there's anything that you would like me to cover specifically, feel free to email me and I'm happy to make a podcast out of that question. And if you think there's anybody out there that can use this information, please feel free to share it. We want to get this information out to as many entrepreneurs as we can and help them hire employee number one, help them implement proactive HR systems, and make sure that they can build teams that are going to help them scale and grow their businesses. All right, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.